With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go. Welcome back to this week of Beanie and Cardell. Cardell and Beanie, whatever you want to call it. But it's a Kane thing. Regardless of anything, it's a Kane's thing. Got a Kane thing. That almost sounds like Miami University when they say it's a Kane thing. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. None yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a Kane's thing. Raising Kane's to be exact. Raising Kane's to be exact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You man. know, as one of our proud partners and sponsors, and, and we love him. Obviously, you know, we always get a good meal or two or three or four. Yeah, big out shout of the week. out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> big shout out to King, always setting us up with some pretty cool. Uh, uh, what do you say? Some party favors. Yes. Some, you know, almost like we tailgating every Tuesday before the weekend starts off with some Ohio State football. So big shouts out to King, man. Go out there, get ready for weekend ball. If it's NFL, if it's basketball, is about to start back up. Or if it's Buckeye ball, don't yes, forget sir. to get out there and order you some Kings for a nice CDC required and uh, to their <laughs> guidelines tailgating party. <laughs> Kings got your back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, off Canes a little bit. Let's go to this game. Yes. This game versus Northwestern. Yes. The Big Ten Championship. It's crazy as heck, man. Um, I was of the belief that we was going to go out there and just wipe the floor with Northwestern. Although I did, you know, think Northwestern was a solid football team. Pat Fitzgerald, this is one of those unique years in which he tends to have every so often to where he has a pretty good football team and they won a bunch of games. But I thought Ohio State was so uh, far beyond their talent level that it wasn't going to be close and we get to this game bro and it was a nail biter down to pretty much the end pretty much man i think they came out a little bit too flat for me Mm -hmm. uh for sure i thought you know um i didn't think you would never see a northwestern team um coach being coach on their fitzgerald um to go out there and just lay it down for someone always a tough hard-nosed smart team mm-hmm. you know year in and year out they might not always have the best talented guys around there but they they find a way they win games and they won't beat themselves and they and they definitely um proved you know last weekend that i mean they had a couple of toner turnovers but other than that man as you can tell that's a, a smart team that that plays hard and plays to the whistle right and um i don't know if Ohio they wasn't used to seeing that from the opponents that they from the previous five opponents that they had but, yeah, they came out a little bit too flat for my liking. Yeah, mine too, man. I, I didn't like anything that I saw from an offensive standpoint initially outside of running the football. Running the ball, even in the first half, I thought we were successful, and I thought we could have just rolled that wave. For sure. Um, I thought we got too cute in the passing game. Um, and, I mean, I love Ryan Day, obviously. I mean, I, that goes without saying. We all know what a phenomenal play caller he is and uh, coach he is. But in that game, I don't know what it was. We just looked out of sync entirely as an offense. Yeah, from yeah. From a rhythm standpoint and everything. In, in a way, in a way. And it almost reminded me of watching the Steelers versus the Bengals uh, Monday night actually yeah. came in. Kind of gave me a, a, a almost a, a kind of flashback when, you know, I think of a guy like uh, Smith Schuster who has definitely got the talent, is talented enough to be a number one guy, clearly he's number one guy there. But he hasn't been as productive since A.B. has departed that mm-hmm. offense. And so now he's the main focal point outside of being a these playmakers on offense, right. it kind of reminded, like, that made things trigger when there was no Chris Olave. I'm like, okay, we good. We got Gary Wilson. Right. You know, and just a simple fact that 
Garrett demanded so much attention to him, and you see Justin trying to force the ball to him in some situations mm-hmm. where he kind of didn't have that security blanket as another Chris Olave on the other side of the ball right. or, or or something like that. And it just kind of – it made other players step up. Fleming stepped up. He had uh, – I mean, he had first three or four catches of the game. But it kind of gave me that feel seeing Ohio State game Saturday, then seeing that game Monday night was like, golly, this would have kind of – it favor that situation other right. than you don't know how good it is to have two number one receivers until mm-hmm. one is gone. <laughs> I mean, you're good enough with one, right? But when they start taking that option away, it's just like, it's like, how good are you really, man? And, and I didn't even think of that. I, that was a great comparison. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and them losing AB with Juju Smith Schuster and him not being, you know, as productive. Yeah, that's exactly how it was, man. That's wild to to really. I guess that makes you realize the importance of Chris Olave and how good he actually is for this football team. How they complement each other, yeah, for 100%. sure. Garrett Wilson's no slouch either, but you definitely need that secondary compliment um, or that first compliment um, to be the marquee guy the way you open up for, for the second guy. Exactly. But, um, you know, watching this game, and I, I was just sitting there thinking, like, are we going to get in the college football playoff playing Northwestern like we did? And I know – We'll sit here and give Northwestern credit, but it was like, okay, is everybody else in the country going to give Northwestern credit for their season and how well they've been? Um, or is it going to be like, you know what, we're not going to give them credit because we want to see style points from Ohio State, and they didn't necessarily give them that. Exactly. exactly. Fortunate enough, we were able to win that game and get in, but sheesh, I was worried, and I'm still kind of worried. And obviously we're going to hit on the other guys and how well they did in that game, but I'm still kind of worried, if I'm being honest, based off of what I saw versus Northwestern and carrying it on to the college football playoff when we play Clemson. I mean, I can see your worries, and definitely I have a little bit of a worry And um, when it comes to, you know, us as a team matching mm-hmm. up with the other top top three teams. But like I said last week, I said, hey, you know, the way I see this shaping now is uh, Clemson beating Northwestern, Northwestern dropping to four. We go up to three, we play Clemson. And, I mean, almost like I'm a guru <laughs> or something, right? Um, so, um, but just had that much desire rematch that everyone definitely wanted, and especially with Little Sweeney keeps making the comments that he's been making <laughs> um, out there, man. And Little just, Sweeney. Yeah, it's just crazy to see that um, we in a position like this when we go into the college football playoffs and we are somewhat, no, I'm going to bring it, we are worried about Ohio State as a team. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, you go back and you look at last year, right? Um, and we all know how good of a game that was versus Clemson last year. And a couple of calls, if they go our way, then we're, we're winning that game. You don't yeah. throw a couple of guys out. You don't call certain uh, penalties. You know, we're, we're probably running away with that game. Um, and I think you heard Trevor Lawrence last year after the game say, you know, Ohio State was the most physical team that we faced all year long. And then this year, for us, yeah, we lost some key guys. Um, uh, but for us to, you know, not have that, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not utterly confident like I was last year going into that game as I am this year. Or, sorry, I wasn't as confident. I'm not as confident now as I was last year. Last year, year yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be an interesting situation, man, to, to, to watch everything unfold. I just know there's areas we got to improve at if we're going to beat Clemson. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, the week before, you know, um, playing, I forgot who even played before that with the game being canceled. Michigan State. You know, it looked like Ohio State was hitting the right strides at the mm-hmm. right times. You know, and then we talked about – having that double-edged sword of only playing five or six games. Mm-hmm. Well, it's six games. You still, usually in the regular season, at normal time, you still midway through the season, and you're still trying to get to that point where you are not necessarily coasting, but you found yourself. Right. And I thought we did versus Michigan State, definitely with the running game and definitely with the passing game. I think that's one of the first games of the year they had over 
260 rushing and passing. Mm-hmm. So you think that the team was hitting that that sweet spot of their identity, guys playing well, a rotation, and then last week happens. Right. It's like it kind of like leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth because we know we just saw as fans, as spectators, the week before we getting ready to play a playoff game versus the I think defending national champs, Clemson won last. Yeah. Oh, LSU won. Last. Oh, LSU won. So last runners year. up. Yeah. So from last year. So um, I mean I'm not in a good spot with it, but I mean the only thing we can do now is <laughs> wait until they play. But I'm pretty sure Coach Day and that staff are going to have the boys rolling and um. You know, everything Lil Sweeney been saying leading up to this game <laughs> and the weeks before is going to just add fuel to the fire. And uh, I'm pretty sure Coach Day going to have them boys rolling and getting ready to play this game. Little Sweeney. Spence, what you got for us on Little Sweeney or somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> what's more offensive that Dabo's done last week for you guys as Ohio State uh, alums? The fact that he rated them number 11 in the coaches poll. The fact that he uh, last week said that you don't deserve to get in if you, don't, if you play six games. Or... When yesterday he was on a radio show and said that they're going to be a quick study because they've only played a few games. I saw that too, man. Yeah. What are those three like hits your nerve the most? I mean, the quick study is just because of it's a double edged sword when we say quick study because six games, you really don't know what they're really capable of. Mm-hmm. You're going to go take two or three of those games out of six to see what they're really good at, right. what they're really bad at, which areas you can exploit. And they also got time to improve on the marriage because they're going to do a lot of self-scouting as well. But I think the most disrespectful thing that um, I'm going to take is the 11. I mean, yeah, college football playoff, yeah, you put these rules in place with the COVID X amount of games and all this other crap. But at the end of the day, it's the best four teams. Mm-hmm. It's not who played the most games. It's not who won the most. It's the best four teams. And can you really argue that Ohio State is not one of the top four teams right now. I mean, they didn't leave a good taste in our mouth from last week, but they are one of the top four teams. It's really the top four than it's everyone else. It doesn't matter. You can shuffle five through ten and eleven through twenty-five in any right of order. No one really will question it mm-hmm. because it's the top four and literally everyone else. With maybe an exception of Florida, maybe, maybe. No, I'm with you on that one, Cardell. I mean, the disrespect that you have putting these guys at eleven and. Based off of everything else that you've done to really sit there and rank other teams that are not in the college football playoff above Ohio State is is asinine, in my opinion. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. The the one thing, too, though, that I think you can look at is, you know, with Ohio State, yeah, we played bad in certain areas in last week's game, but the one caveat that you do have to give them credit for is, okay, our passing game was suspect. We were uh, a good great team running the football last week for sure so you got to be able to look at the team uh from that standpoint and say you know what when well, one thing is not going so well they can hit you from another angle and still winning game and we were able to do that last week i mean the game that trey sermon had like bro i don't know if i anticipated that from anybody to break uh-huh. eddie george's what was a three three fourteen record for yeah. let alone him and obviously you know when he played versus michigan state that opened my eyes to trey sermon and the running back that he could be but for him to go out and have the game like he had last week, it was like, damn. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and not to take the spotlight off of Trey a little bit, I'm going to get back to him. But another Dabo thing, because he's been burning me up for the last two and a half weeks. <laughs> it's like, how do you go out there and say that, you know, after you guys won a championship and your first comments is, oh, if Trevor Lawrence not mentioned for the Heisman because he missed the two games, this is BS and all this other crap. But you saying that he shouldn't be punished for missing two games because of COVID mm-hmm. for his Heisman, but we should be punished for missing games because of COVID as right. a team. That makes sense. 
Like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is one of the best players in the country. Heisman should go to the best players in the country, right? right? But you can argue that Justin Fields not. So do we? Should we start having a attention tantrum like you was kind of having about right. Justin Fields, even though he played four or five less games, mm-hmm. but he's still one of the best players in the country. But guess what? Trevor, Trevor, Justin ain't getting it, and they're the top two players in the country. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. If they played the, back to uh, Trey, <laughs> <laughs> they played enough games, it would be definitely one of those grabbing those, yeah. uh, grabbing that trophy. Yeah. But back to Trey, man, watching him dominate. Um, that game. I think that's what we all anticipated initially once we heard we was getting this great running back that was a slasher and, and, and dasher from Oklahoma. And it, it made me sit there and just want more. Wishing that we had more games to watch what he really could do and the impact that he could have on us for an entire season, not just, sure. you know, five or six games. For sure, man. And he definitely hit his tries at the right point. And you think about a guy that's continued to get better each and every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with me with Indiana with him. You know, him and actually him and Master T because I said, you know, one of the main concerns I had about Ohio State going to the Indiana game, Indiana like to bring a lot of pressure. Right. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on the running back, make sure their eyes are right, make sure they take some of them hits off of uh, Justin, making sure they're not getting out too fast. They see a, a green dog or a delayed blitz or stuff like that. And some of the blitzes, you know, he's met guys at the line of scrimmage. I'm like, okay, okay, right. cool. He He's he feeling this stuff. He, he's he's falling into what it takes to be at Ohio State running back, not mm-hmm. just playing hard with the ball in your hand. You got to play just as hard with the ball out your hands. 100%. So, and then that, and then having a great game versus Michigan State, then clearly didn't think a, a big of a jump. <laughs> not just him, but the guys up front as well will right. have versus a really, really good defensive Northwestern team who mm-hmm. prides itself on toughness. Like top five, top six in yeah, the country. Yeah, exactly. Run. Yeah, and prides itself on toughness and, and being a hard-nosed team and program for X amount of years ever since Pat got there. But um, – I mean, yeah, I'm completely shocked and lost of words. And if, <laughs> and if any media guy said they saw this coming, they full they of lie. crap. They full of crap. No way. <laughs> Dude, everybody was sitting there like, man, what's going on with Sermon, man? Did we waste getting him in here? Was he ever going to be the guy? Is he going to step up? And, bro, when you go out and have, what, 330-plus yards in a game, that's – that's not it's, stepping up. I yeah, mean, that's it's something. not. Yeah, it's not much else you can do. <laughs> and obviously, we know we got the college football playoffs. But like, can you even like think to go back to Master Teague as the starting guy? I mean, I mean, they're, we're going to use him, obviously. But as the marquee running back, yeah, clearly, clearly, Clemson is planning for for uh, Trey, right? Like clearly. But um, I mean, Teague still brings a lot to the offense and has a lot to offer to to the team in that mm-hmm. ground and pound because he he did make some pretty good runs. Um, last week, and um, I mean, he's still a good player. 100. percent You know, it's always uh, it's always good to have two. You know, so good running backs that can complement each other. And and the good thing about it, they they both so different. They're so they completely different style runners and running backs overall. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they both complement the offense in different situations. So, but if I'm if I'm Ryan Day, I think I'm gonna go with the. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Sermon. Yeah, you gotta ride the high hand. Yeah, at this yeah point you gotta ride the high hand. I'm gonna go with Sermon. But like you said, both of them will still be utilized. Um, going into this game versus Clemson, um, I, I love the matchup. I, I'm glad we got him. I think we played him what three times in the last five years or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Um, something like that. But the fact that we're getting him after the debacle that transpired last year has me so pumped. Oh, and, for sure. And I'll sit here and say my confidence isn't at an all-time high like it was last year with this football team, but I still think we're very capable of winning. Uh, so don't get that twisted by any means. But I do got an issue, yeah. and that issue is the secondary because when I watched uh, the quarterback last week for Northwestern on third down, he was able to continue the drives, 
third down after third down, and that guy's not as good as Trevor Lawrence. Right. So that's the biggest concern that I have is what our secondary and our defensive front is going to be able to do versus Clemson. Are we going to be able to get pressure and force turnovers? We were able to do that last week. Yeah. But on third downs, I wasn't too happy with that third down defense at all. Yeah, and as a defense, you you key yourself on third down and red zone, getting mm-hmm. off the field and making stops. And um, one thing, I'm, I'm same thing, I'm kind of concerned with the, with the defense as a whole because, you know, one of my biggest concerns was not having that dominant threat up front and mm-hmm. in, the, in the front four that we used to having with the Bosa's and the Young's and the Sam Hubbard's and the Taekwon Lewis's and the Taylor Holmes and all these great guys that – demanded a double team right. as we got to speed that quarterback clock up a little bit. And I don't know if that's the guys up front playing better. I don't know if that scheme. I don't know if that's sending a little pressure at the quarterbacks. But the run plays that West, uh, Northwestern quarterback was able to make as well, I mean, 10, 12 yards, I mean, we, what shocked me last year, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence can take it the whole way. Right. <laughs> so uh, them 10, 12 might be 20, 30, then he gone. Yeah. You know, so staying in our rushing lanes and, and, and holding guys downfield as far as on the back end and uh, – and just get back to used to playing some – get back to used to playing. And I get it, we don't have them caliber players yet. I mean, these players are still fairly young when it comes mm-hmm. to playing time. But we got to get back to our, our bread and butter and when it comes to, you know, putting a little pressure on these guys. Right. So I, I agree 100%. Um, and looking at this landscape of the college football playoff and how they decided on the teams that were going to be in there, how did you feel about Northwestern getting in after – Getting thrashed uh, by Clemson, like Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about North? I said Northwestern. Yeah. Notre Dame getting in there, though, because um, I'm like, how can you? Like, who wants to see this potentially a third time? I, Let's say they get Mass Bama, <laughs> which you know that isn't going to happen. But nobody want to see this third time. Notre Dame, they do the same thing every time they get on the national stage, and that's just get thrashed, yeah. dog walked. Yeah. Um, Notre Notre Dame reminds me of a. Uh, they reminds me of the top teams in the NBA Eastern Conference. <laughs> Don't really matter. Don't really matter. Then go to the championship because they they just kill everybody on the East and get crushed by the Warriors right. or something like that. <laughs> so that's what they remind me of. But um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think still – yeah, they are the fourth best team in the country. I don't know who else you would put them in that situation. Maybe if Clemson and Notre Dame it was a, some type of weird way if they played each other two times in a regular season mm-hmm. and they ended in in Notre Dame had one loss they ended the season you know not playing championship right. they don't get in but they split the win and lost with Clemson maybe they don't I don't know some type of weird way if that was possible but they still won the top four teams just because. Teams have more losses. That's it. Because it'll be hard to argue them not being in the top four after beating you the know, team Clemson. that's going to be in there. But, yeah, earlier that year, I mean, I know Clemson was dealing with some COVID issues and some injuries and all that stuff. But they still went out there and won a game as a team. But I don't, I still don't see like a, a, what, a three loss Florida or was it a two or one loss AM? One loss AM. That was my thing. One man. loss AM potentially getting there. I, I would have. And maybe it's that part of me that just, you know, I always call uh, Notre Dame the, 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 the snooty big brother of the Midwest. Yeah. So maybe it's that part of me right there that's saying Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in because they're so uppity. But, like, bro, I, I would have rather have seen Texas, Texas A&M I, in their college football playoff because of what we just watched on Saturday. We watched them just get yeah. manhandled and dogged yeah. start yeah, to finish. For, yeah, for sure. I mean. 
and I'm hating right now, but it I don't, is what I don't it think is. Hating. I think you're just like <laughs> you're just brutally keeping it real, right? Um, because <laughs> that's I mean, a better way to put it. Brutally keeping it real, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just don't see them uh, scoring a point versus Alabama. <laughs> but it, it was it actually shocked me though the way um, the Alabama played versus, or more so the way Florida played versus Alabama. Yeah, Florida played good as heck, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Now. If Florida would have played that way and they wouldn't have lost the game, maybe we're talking about a different story. Maybe yeah. we're talking about a, a deserving Florida team to be in that college football playoff. But uh, Alabama did show that they are human in yeah. that game, that you can pass the football on yeah. Alabama. And we talked about it um, a couple of weeks ago that amongst college football, defenses have struggled because the lack of tackling, the lack of being yeah. in training camp. Um, and, and the live situations, and, you know, Alabama's no different. They're one of those same defenses. Yeah, for sure. And you see why a lot of these quarterbacks have a success, and you see who took the initiative while, you know, everybody was on these COVID restrictions who mm-hmm. got their guys together in the summer and really went out there and threw the ball. I'm, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones did. I'm pretty sure Trash did. I'm pretty sure um, uh, Jalen um, Fields did. I'm pretty sure Lawrence did because these guys are still putting up great numbers on offense. I mean, as a – Okay, as an offense, as a quarterback, as a receiver, we go out there, okay, yeah, we're not getting hit, but let's go get our timing right. Mm-hmm. But as a defense, yeah, you can work your, your rotation as that, like individually, but you can't go out there and just, hey, let me practice tackling you. Right. It's a little different, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another thing I said about the whole college football aspect. I remember watching the first week, and it was Alabama versus somebody, and I was like, golly, when have I ever seen an Alabama team not look so great? Right. You know, good, but not so great on defense, and mainly because of the fundamental things. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe dropping an interception, or maybe out of place, or maybe or definitely missing tackles. And when did you ever hear, well, didn't hear about an Alabama standout on the defense line on the back end that's talking about it as a top draft pick or right. or a freaking uh, Belitnikov finalist or, the, you know, the Thor or good something wild, like that. Man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, they definitely show, Florida definitely exposed them as being human. Um, but still, man, I, I just don't see Notre Dame getting past them. <laughs> so t- tell me about this, man. Tell me one, what would you, how would you feel if you were on a team at this point in time? And then two, like, what are your thoughts of a leaking? We all watched the video that transpired with Ryan Day coming out. One of the players, I don't know whether they were on live or whatever they were doing. I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't saying, sit right with me. It wouldn't. And, 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 what did they say? We're gonna whoop their ass, whoever he, he it was. Dropped, yeah, he he, you know, he dropped some profanity. I love that out of a coach. Yeah, well, exactly, but still though, I think when them doors closing locker room, it ain't nobody. It ain't nothing about nobody but us. Right. That's one thing Coach Mario used to stress at the end of the practice when he wherever he got to critique us, he make sure there's no compliance around. Mm-hmm. He's make sure there's no recruits. Like hey, only players. No, make sure no trainers around. Right. Make sure no 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 support staff. It was about the guys who you about to go to war with, mm-hmm. and especially getting in the moment. I think that was before the game. Coach Dave was going like off like that. Yeah, I don't know what it was before. Yeah, right? I think it was after the game. It was after. Okay. Yeah, okay. So especially in an intimate moment like that, when you when you when everything is about team, right, and, and celebrating, and- yeah, what you guys has accomplished over the last 10, 11 months, mm-hmm. that should that should stay in there, right? You know, or if you record it, maybe you record that and show your family or something like that, but right. not everyone. Like certain things you don't. For one. But you got your phone out in the locker room for oh, exactly. anyway. That's a little weird to me. But you about to do a uh, a TikTok? <laughs> you about to do a TikTok? Right. You know, you about to do a little dance or something? So that's always been weird to me. But, yeah, certain I'm not sharing certain things like that, especially when our head duck, our leader, the guy we follow, 
um, is having an emotional moment and hyped up about some 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 success that we had as a team. And, and then, I mean, you know, people in the locker room, teams, wherever you at, whether you're basketball, football, you know what age we live in. Yeah. You know we live in a viral era. You know we live in a social media era to where somebody says something and it's going to be maybe taken the wrong way or used as bulletin board material. Oh, you don't need that BS. You no, do not. So in my mind, I'm like, what was this dude thinking? What were you trying to accomplish at this yeah. point? Yeah, that's another distraction. But at the end of the day, It wasn't like it was an accident because you seen you was on there yeah. and you still yeah. twisted the camera to – Face the coach sure to see what he was good. saying. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you trying to do? But, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, if it, I don't know if it's came from a player or not, but these are still, at the end of the day, these are 18, 19, 20-year players, uh, kids that, you know, don't always think in the – don't they just think in a the moment. They don't think right. of the backlash. Clearly me being having one of those moments <laughs> in school. <laughs> so I definitely feel for the guy, and I'm pretty sure he didn't think that he would get this backlash that he's getting now or whoever the player might be or, you know, just a simple fact that this happened. But – at the end of the day, still 18, 19-year-old kids. And like I said, you live in an era of social media. Everything is about this. Pulling out my phone. Oh, look at this. It's a, it's right. a, somebody's walking across the street. Somebody's on the car. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, exactly. But I wish he wouldn't have posted. I wish, hey, I'm good with recording it, maybe, but don't. You shouldn't have posted it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, that the coaches don't take it too hard on this guy. Uh, um, but you yeah. got to make it. You got to make him feel it a little bit. Oh, Coach, for Mick, sure. Coach Mick go make an example. <laughs> Coach Mick go make an example out of him to the team. Right, I re- golly, I I remember when I was in that situation, and you know I thought it was blew over. I right. thought it blew over, and I got my punishment. I wasn't able to dress for a game, and after that game, we sitting there and we go through a practice, mm-hmm. and I'm making sure I do everything right because I'm trying to have everybody <laughs> forget what just happened, and boom, there it go. When we got in the circle in practice, closing comments from the coaches and stuff, there it go. I got embarrassed in front of the whole team. <laughs> thought I, I thought I, hey, well, I thought I, I thought I was home safe. I was like, right. yeah, ooh, they must have forgot. And Cardio Jones, you don't. I'm like, <laughs> hey, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I got away, but um, yeah, man. I mean, guys, I'm pretty sure the guys gonna live and learn from it, and pretty sure they're not gonna let it happen again. Yeah, man. Uh, but nonetheless, that's done over with. I, I was excited and enthused to see, you know, Ryan Day. Kind of come off like that because I've never seen him come off that way. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I mean, that's we look at Ryan Day. He's like a, a perfect mix between Tress and Urban to where he's like right in that medium spot. Yeah, for sure. Where he's you know politically correct, but he he pushes the line a little bit, but he flirt with it. Not to where he gives you that point where he's like where he's like unapproachable. Like Urban, I know a lot of people when he was coaching. People would like. I don't know if I can go up to Urban and say hi because he's like a scary dude. Yeah. Ryan Day doesn't give you that feel. Yeah. But he yeah. also doesn't give you like the the senator feel like trust. So like, yeah. that's why I say he's a happy medium. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's pretty cool to see him. You know, and, and people don't see the side of guys when you in that environment. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you ten times different when you getting ready to play or oh, right, when you play 100%. or you just got up and got a tough first down, broke three tackles in the backfield, and you get up and you bow up and you, oh, like, <laughs> he just did something. With like, because I'm the same way. Like, right. when you in that moment, you mm-hmm. just, you, you who you are in that moment. But that's pretty cool to see a little inside glimpse of him because same, I know him as what everyone else pretty much know him as, a, you know, cool, calm, collective guy that's, you know, all for his team, all for his guys, and always want to do and say the right thing. Yeah, man, I, I remember one time I'm, uh, I'm speaking to the team, and I'm there probably about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes uh, beforehand. And I'm just – we got my kids there. And Ryan Day just over there. We're at the, uh, the stadium. Ryan Day just throwing uh, a paper ball with my kids the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. I mean, I don't know if I would ever seen that out of 
Coach yeah. Tress or Coach Urban. Yeah. Uh, just playing with my kids. So he's a different dude. Yes. Um, to see him riled up and showing that emotion, bro, I loved every bit of it. Yeah. Um, ready to take this quick break real quick, man. We're going to take a nice Raising Cane's break to go get us some uh, some of this Cane's punch right here and some of this some of these wings. Or not wings, but tenders. tenders same yep. thing. Same thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If Raising Cane's secret cane sauce was the end zone, no one would ever lose a game. Crispy, crinkle-cut fries, touchdown. Buttery Texas toast, touchdown. Hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, touchdown. Freshly made tea and lemonade, well, you get the point. Go for the win this game day with Cane's. Raising Cane's chicken fingers, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. One love. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back from the Raising Cane's break, people. Um, I hope you guys took a Raising Cane's break and went out and got some canes real quick or whatnot or probably had it before the show. Who knows? Um, it was good to my soul, though. Thank you, thank you, uh, Raising Cane's, for that. For sure. Um, we got some questions from Twitter, man, as always. Uh, and Cardell, I'll let you go first with this one, man. Who's the toughest player you played against in your career? Ooh, toughest player. Are we saying at Ohio State or are we just or- saying ever- both? You're both. Plenty is. Okay. Um, well, I only played a limited amount of snaps at Ohio State. Um, I would have to say the toughest player I played against. Huh, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with someone outside of uh, the facility because no one was better clearly on defense than Joey Bosa that I played against personally. But I think the toughest player I played against had to be Landon Collins. Ironically, uh, Landon Collins, smart, tough. <laughs> I got to cut you off because I was just thinking Landon Collins when you <laughs> lowered your shoulder yeah, on him in the I middle of the field. <laughs> but he was he was really good. He was uh, smart. T- I mean, clearly it's, it shows that you know he was a five star athlete in high school, all American in college, Pro Bowler in the NFL, one of the highest paid safeties. I mean, clearly he's got all had success on uh, every level of ball. But for sure, he was a smart player, always in the right position. Um, uh, Almost a for sure tackler, um, a great hand. So he was—he's definitely one of the most complete packages of players I ever played against. So I'm gonna have to go with Landon Collins. That's a good one, man. Dude's a beast. Yeah, dude's a beast. Like yeah. you said, at all levels that you watch him play, been very productive yeah. and successful. Um, for me, I'm gonna say Navarro Bowman, at <laughs> Penn State. Oh yeah, dude was a savage, man. When I talk about like straight savage, savage. So in 2000, what was it? this? Would have been two, yeah, 2008. I had 20 carries. This is when we have the fumble on four from one. TP fumbles the rock. And we win this game. We're going to a third national championship. Yeah. This would have been my chance to, you know, finally yeah. try to win one after yeah. losing two of them. Um, but nonetheless, we end up losing the game. But I had like 20 carries for like 70 yards. Navarro Bowman had 21 tackles. 20 of the 20 carries I had, he was on every single tackle, right? So the dude was insane. From that aspect, and here I am, I get drafted after that uh, year, and I go to Arizona, and here I am, I think I'm getting away from Navarro. Um, hey, Navarro, he, he gets drafted to the Niners. Dude, 
I remember one game, I think it was in like 2010 at the time, I ended up having like 25 carries. Navarro has 25 tackles. The next game, we played him twice a year. I got 15 carries. This dude got 15 tackles. And I know all those tackles were coming against me. I'm like, I cannot get away from this damn dude. I mean, this dude was just around the football. And, Spence, you just talked about it. He was one of those guys that was like an all-world player. They had Patrick Willis, then it was Navarro Bowman. Then at some point, Navarro took the ranks as the top linebacker in our division. And unfortunately, you know, he, he never really bounced all the way back from that career in the knee, uh, that career knee injury he had versus, yep. was it the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl? One of the two. When he jumped on the fumble, right? Yeah, yep, jumped, going yeah, for the yeah. fumble, tore up his knee, never bounced back. But when it comes to being a beast, oh, and dig this shit here. <laughs> yeah, excuse my French. So <laughs> we play in this, we, we participate. This was in, you know, this was just like in 2017. We participated in this. <laughs> this is how much I could not get away from this dude. We participated in this uh, national NFL, but a national arm wrestling tournament. It was on ABC. Yeah. It was on everywhere. And I get to the championship. Who do I got to face in the championship? <laughs> Navarro Bowman. <laughs> this dude wins the championship with a damn thing, and I'm losing. I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? Hey, I could not get away from this cat. Everything, them, man. Yeah, some of them guys just got your number, man. Bro. You know how it is. And he was one of them, man. He was one of them. <laughs> no, it, it reminds me of a like a guy, thank God I was on the same uh, team as him, Gary Young Conley, man. I cannot complete a pass on him in practice. <laughs> and it got to a point it was in your head like I'm trying to force the ball to right. whoever he's guarding. Can I complete a pass? Just to see it happen. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> and, like, and he was a crap talker too. But, yeah, that's another that's another story for another day. Spence, you got the other question down there? Yep, I got it. Uh, it is from Big Steve Ferg. At Big Steve Ferg asks, how different are the nerves playing for a national championship versus playing against that team up north? Wow. Um, I think it's different in a way because it's so built up, the hate and the rivalry and everything that's built up, the whole um, uh, culture to hate the team up north versus every year you're trying to get that common goal of a national title. Um, me personally, not having an opportunity to start versus a team up north game and really go into the game planning and, and, and knowing that when I run out the tunnel, I'm about to be the guy. Mm-hmm. The nervous wasn't that hyped for me, but knowing I was the guy and pretty much the only guy left on the <laughs> roster for a national championship team and run out that tunnel, I mean, I still had, I haven't had a feeling like that feeling to accommodate when it comes to being uh, to, to competing and um, being on a level like that. So that, that's definitely a, a beanie. He should have a better comparison. <laughs> he man, <did> that's, both. <laughs> that's tough right there, man. I played in two national championships, lost both of them. Um, but I'm going to sit here and tell you, man, that 2006 Ohio State-Michigan game, nothing will compare uh, to that atmosphere and just to that getting up for that game, especially, you know, one versus two that year in 2006. Will, you were a part of that team. You know how crazy that environment was um, and the fact that all week long on just about every sports station there was a ticker for the Ohio State-Michigan game, the game, and knowing the build-up for that one, um, it, it certainly made it kind of – more intense as the years went on for me because I came in at that one-two. So every year for me was like that same intensity uh, and that buildup. So I'll probably say, man, you know, getting up for Michigan. Carter, I want to ask you a question. What would you rather do, beat Michigan or win a national championship? And now, 
at this day and age, you can't afford to lose to Michigan and still get to the national championship. We're just watching it happen with Clemson and, Nor- uh, and uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame loses the ACC championship, but still getting the chance to go to the to, to, to the national championship by being in the college football playoff. What would you rather do? That's tough, right there. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I think I think I would. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, me personally, I, I want it all, so I think I'd rather win a national championship. Oh, I think I'd rather win. Sheesh! Because I think. Okay, but in this scenario, like like it is this year, where you don't play Michigan, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. We, we but still, though, like but that. still, though, you gotta think about it like this, though. You gotta think about it like this. I think, God forbid, if I was in a position to lose that game and then still have an opportunity to play for the big one, I can. I don't know if winning the big one would wash that taste out of my mouth. Right. But still, though, it's the <laughs> national championship. It's like you had them times when, you know, Ohio State or a Michigan team might lose to one another, and but they know they were just the better team on that one day. Mm-hmm. But winning a national title, you were the best team in the country. <laughs> it's like, come on. But I, I don't – honestly, to wipe that question out, I can't answer that because I have no clue. Cause it's is, hard as heck, man. That is tough because you think about how a lot of guys are remembered by that Michigan game. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys, like, you know, we can speak about missing games from X amount of years right. and have no clue what bowl game Ohio State played in afterwards. Like, seriously, we just remember they beat Michigan, you know, 63 to But if you're two. a national champion. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I think that can, yeah, it's like, you know, the national championship can put a bandaid on a lot of stuff, but I don't know. Man, that's crazy I right there. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brutal, man. Oh, I don't know. But speaking about that 06 game, man, that was my first college game I've ever been to. Oh, so you came as a recruit was, for that? I was a, well, not really a recruit. I was uh, there with uh, with the Gims. Okay. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, be, so if if you get a chance to go to that game, that two thousand six, that got like got to make you an instant Ohio State fan right there, man. I mean, I, I already was, but I just was like, this is crazy. It kind of honestly, you know, how, I mean, I forgot how old I was, but it kind of like almost scared me in a way when it came <laughs> to like these people are crazy i think these guys would like die for this right like, it was almost like like i mean definitely coming from inner city cleveland you ain't seen nothing like that mm-hmm. like you come from inner city cleveland like i didn't see freaking a different race until i came to a football <laughs> game or before we play like hey, a had- team outside of the ohio y'all see the game was at three o'clock too wasn't it <laughs> Had to get done in right. and out, in and out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Couldn't have night there, games. Couldn't have night games. Couldn't have night games in Cleveland, inner city Cleveland. So, um, but yeah. So that was my first like like culture shock experience. Right. We was there the day before as well, so we got a chance to go around campus and eat at some of the places and see everybody mm-hmm. coming in and everybody in Ohio State up uh, uh, attire and everybody in Michigan attire and it was just like wow, this is crazy. And then you get to the game, you just like, where am I? Right. And that yeah, so. First game I ever been to. That's crazy. That's crazy as heck. Spence, what were you going to ask over there? I had a follow up for each of you based on your answers. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you were probably more nervous for Alabama, right? Than you were for uh, Oregon. I don't think. Honestly, it's going to sound crazy. I really wasn't nervous for now. I was more anxious than nervous. I was more anxious, like, let's go. Let's get it going. Let me get my first pop so we can settle into the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, our coach asked, well, you want to do the first play? I'm like, I want to actually go deep. I want to go play action bomb. Like, right. every first play, but, you know, our coach like, come on, I can't do that. I'm like, I either want to do that or I, or I physically want to run it. I got to feel that first You pop. kept it, though, didn't you, on the first first play against Alabama? I think so. I can't remember, but I know earlier in that drive, it was one of them times where 
Like, <laughs> I got the signal for the sideline, and it was a play that was going – it was a – it was a play that the quarterback usually would keep. It was a pass play, but mm-hmm. the quarterback usually would keep it. It was literally one guy in progression, really. Like, literally, everything else was backside. And it was like, okay, if they roll to him or he get guard or if he broke a shoelace, I got I to run the ball. And that happened in that first two or three plays. And I knew that was Coach Herman kind of settling me down. Like, okay, go ahead, get him now. Right. So that's more anxious than nervous. And then for you, uh, the, the nerve leading up to that 2006 Michigan game, because you said you were more nervous for that game, uh, did it all go away after your first carry, or was it on the spin move touchdown? When did you really, like, truly <laughs> settle down and not be nervous anymore? Dude, I was nervous throughout the whole game. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, my, my freshman year, I fumbled the ball, like, maybe six times that season. And at some key moments. So, for me, it was like, man, I can't fumble on this stage. So, <laughs> I'm nervous and, and, you know, paying attention at the same time and holding on to the football, yeah. not wanting to let that thing go. But I think I talked about, before, man, who was all on the sideline of that game? It was like a who's who yeah. of the sports world in Ohio Stadium during that game. So it was like, bro, I don't want to screw up. I don't want to be that guy that messes up, uh, you know, during this game while all eyes are on me and, and I happen to lose the ball, man. So yeah. the whole game I was nervous, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. I think, go back to your question, I think I was more nervous. I was nervous when JT got hurt and I got into the Michigan game. I was nervous. That was the first significant ball I played since high school. It was still crunch time. Everything else I played overseas, it was it was mop up duty. They put their backups in, we put our backups in, and our backups was could be stars on a team. So I still was like, okay, we better let's go, let's go crush them some more. <laughs> but that was crunch time. I think we were either up by four or or something like that. Still a critical point in the game, and a lot of game to be played, and it was already going back and forth. So I'm like, oh man, don't mess up. So yeah, I was I was definitely nervous. And you knew that. that that they that he didn't trust you <laughs> at that moment, right? At this moment. At he, that he moment. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> right when right, – Nah. Right I mean, I, I had a great – I mean, honestly, probably uh, – I mean, I don't remember what I was remembering, but I just knew that we had to go out here and finish the game. That's, that's the only thing that was going through my head. Go out here and finish the game. I threw my first pass. I think it landed in, in deck C. <laughs> I got him. Right. Oh. Get him next time. <laughs> Man, but we gotta move this along a little bit, man. And before we close the show, we gotta talk about something in which we talked about last week. And uh, <laughs> my boy Cardell was over here saying that he doesn't necessarily believe yet, yet that my guys are a playoff team. My guys being the Cleveland Browns, and all I know is right now we're looking pretty, they, pretty good, my man. They are, they are, and. Go back to the thing I said about how say they are hitting the right strides at right. the right times. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, they unfortunately had a, a nail biter and heartbreaker last week versus the Ravens. Um, two weeks ago versus the Ravens, but um, I think they definitely hitting the right strides at the right time and getting some guys back healthy leading to this week. Um, sixteen, seventeen is going to be key for them mm-hmm. because week seventeen can be a AFC North championship game. Yeah. AFC North, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I must say, I had a confession. I don't know the division. <laughs> no, I can North. tell you. I can tell you which each team is, like who was in the division, but I don't know the names of them. So I suck at that. But yeah, it can be a championship game between Steelers and the Browns. And come to find out, they know know from Spence that he said that winner goes to playoffs, champs, and loser go home, with but two you. great winning records, two great seasons, both teams to have. So it could be a lot on the line if this week plays out the scenario of Browns and Jets and uh, Steelers and Colts. Yeah, bro, that would be so. devastating. If Cleveland won 11 games and still didn't go to the playoffs, 
Like, bro, it'll this be is, 12. It'll be 12. It'll be 12. It'll be 12. They, they, well, 11. You're right, 11. Because they got 10 right you now. You got 10 now. So if they, yeah, they win the Jets, it'll be 11. They if lose, they lost the last game, yeah, that'll oh, be like. That'll be brutal. Damn, that would be a slap in the face because we've been waiting so long to get a season like we're at right well, now. Well, just a winning season. For exactly. And then you have a winning season like this. You just like, bro, it's already great we won 10 games. But you talk about 11 and no playoffs, that would be so devastating. Um, looking across the landscape, though. And uh, in the NFL, who's the team that you are excited about with making a run in the playoffs? Um, I would have to say clearly the Chiefs. Um, and then uh, I know Phillips I, your boy. Yeah, I about to say. And then if I had to go with another team, I'm definitely going with the Colts because it's like a reincarnation of Phil and his career after you know things didn't transpire, you know towards the end for him mm-hmm. in uh, LA. Right, you know, with the Chargers. So I would have to say the Chiefs because I'm a big Mahomes fan. I love the things that uh, Andy Reid is doing on um, offense. He's so um, creative mm-hmm. of getting his guys to ball. I mean, Trevor Kelsey is going to clearly lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns and yards as a freaking tight end. It's crazy. You know, um, Cleveland representing. I see you. Um, but I'm definitely going with the Chiefs and the Colts. Did you? Uh, I don't know whether you said it or I read it. Wasn't it a situation to where Philip Rivers? He was when you guys moved to LA. He would still drive back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was still living in uh, San Diego because I mean he'd been there at this point, 15 years at this point. His he got 100 lived, kids, right? 102. <laughs> 102. So yeah, with, with nine beautiful kids and a wife, um, their family was already established in that area. You know, right. his daughter was just starting high school. He didn't want to get up and move the family like that. So he he got this sick freaking. Um, SUV Cadillac truck and had it all gutted out with two recliner chairs and he had his um, a TV in there as well and it was all hooked up to our our XO system that mm-hmm. we watch film in the weeding room. So when we would get done with practice because the traffic out in LA right. was so bad, give him a chance to get home because if he if he left after meetings after practice, he get home ten o'clock because right. of the traffic. So he would usually hit the road, you know, hurry up, shower up. Maybe stay to me for about ten minutes, hit the road, and he's watching films and making comments in the car as he's driving home in traffic with his driver. Right. So he has he's in meetings. He was pretty much the first Zoom meeting guy before twenty twenty. Right. Before, before because, Zoom went. Yeah. Because all the other guys, we will stay back and watch the film with the coaches and stuff like that, and you know make points and stuff like that. And Phil is doing the same thing, watching it, and he's sending us his pointers or whatever right. it may be. So yeah, he he That's found a way dope. to get it done. I mean he. You know, put a lot of money into that truck, and, I, and it couldn't have been a, you know, couldn't have been a uh, easy. I'm pretty sure it was a lot easier than doing that than trying to sell your home and moving up to right. Orange County. Man, but, so yeah, he's a pro's pro for sure. You think he brought his family to Indy? Um, if I did, uh, no, I think I think they went back to Alabama, where he's from, where he want to settle down. To. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah, okay. I know he was in the midst of uh, building a home. Um, I forgot what area. Cause I know he's going to be the head football coach of the school that his son is potentially going to go play at, high school. So he already signed that deal and closed that this summer. So whenever he's done with ball, um, he's going to walk right into a head coaching football job in high school ball. So I I can anticipate his family being back in um, Alabama. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. That's dope. I love hearing stories like that, man. Guys get done, especially when you're like – as as high in stature as a guy like Philip Rivers is, dude, um, I'm telling you, un- unbelievable dude. And he coaches his kids. Um, he got two boys and nine and seven girls, so he coaches his boys flag football team too, mm-hmm. which he's serious about. Right. I mean, it's sometimes when he in meetings, you think he watching fans. I'm like, Phil, you ain't got enough guys drawn up there. Oh no, this this flag football plays. <laughs> you know? And then his son, man, I'm excited for his son Hunter um, to to get on the high school level because quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Because of this and throw just like him. 
oh, my God. Throw just like him. <laughs> you know, and smart kid. And, and Phil shares stories about how he, you know, would come in and watch film with him. And he teaches his son about, you know, things that you ain't getting on a high school level. Right. And, and he ain't even in high school yet. Mm -hmm. But he can tell you what cover two, cover three, man, and, and blitzing how to rotation. He he can tell you that. It'll be so much further so, advanced. Oh, my God. You look at the Manning's kid. Right, exactly. Just like that, I mean. So, I'm excited for him. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a wrap on the show. I had to talk about my Browns, man, and get Cardell's take on, you know, who he thinks is going to make a run in the playoffs. We'll be back at you next week, man, people. Uh, enjoy this week. Enjoy some NBA basketball. Um, there's no more college football on. There may be some, like, D – no, they're probably not even playing, like, the NAIA D3 championship game. No, yeah, it's a wrap. Um, yeah, enjoy some NFL football this weekend. Peace Let's out. see. Happy holidays. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.